And then you can go ahead, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in verses uh, 42 through 47 this morning. Um, go ahead and open your Bibles. If you don't have one, there should be one in the chair in front of you. It's on uh, page 1159. There. So, um, this new year, uh, this new year is one of, uh, one of the things that we're going to focus on for this entire year off and on is going to be meeting and moving. Meeting with God and allowing him to move us toward maturity. And there, there are several ways that we're able to do that. And so far we've looked at uh, meeting God in his word, the Bible. The key way that he has chosen to reveal himself to mankind. Meeting him in prayer, uh, this is where we can have intimate conversations with him. We must be deliberate to meet with God and walk in the Spirit, which enables us to do those first two. Those are key for us to meet with God and, and allowing Him opportunity to, to move us and to grow us. But all of those come uh, from choices and actions that we must make. We must first make a choice to meet with God in His Word. Allow and follow that up with an action to do so. You first have to make a choice. I'm going to purpose to read my Bible. I'm going to spend time in his word. I am going to purpose to know my God more. I mentioned a few weeks ago when we, when we talked about meeting God in his word, get into reading plan. Be purposeful. You have to make a choice. I'm going to do this. Decide. That's, that's something that I'm going to do. And then you need to follow that up with an action. Get a reading plan. Start reading your Bible. You don't just learn about God through osmosis. You can't just go like this. Right? You have to, you have to purpose to read it. The same thing with prayer. You must go to him in prayer. You must actually have those personal conversations with him. You meet him in the spirit when you, when you purpose to submit your, your life to his leading. Give up your own control and give in to his. That's a choice that you must make. It's an action you must take. Then we'll, he'll be able to reveal himself to you in new, in new ways and you'll, you'll, you'll grow in godliness. You'll, you'll be able to obey his commands. You'll experience greater intimacy with him. Meeting with God and allowing him to move us uh, comes when we spend time in his word, when we go to him in prayer, and when we walk in the spirit. And finally, today, we're able to meet with God and allow him to move us as we enjoy the fellowship of believers. Now, fellowship is often uh, a word that is thrown a lot, around a lot in the church. But what does it mean? And what does it look like? Hebrews 10.25 admonishes us, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're told to meet together. But unfortunately, excuses roll off the tongue, like, well, it's my only day to sleep in. This is my only day to sleep in, so, you know, I, I work six days a week. This is, this is my time. i got to have some me time, you know? I, I don't want to go alone. It feels weird to go walk into church alone. All kinds of excuses. I hear a lot of people say things like, well, I don't need to be in church to feel close to God. 
You know, I read my Bible a lot. I could quote a lot of verses, Pastor. I pray a lot, too. So church is in a building, so, I mean, so what does it matter if I'm not there on Sunday anyway, right? Going to church is really important. It's not about the building. The fact is, church can be anywhere. Uh, it can be on the beach. It can be in the woods, in the coffee shop, anywhere. We are the church when we gather together. It's not about this building. This building is nice, though, right? It's nice to have someplace dry, warm when it's cold outside, and cool when it's hot outside. It doesn't have to be on Sunday mornings. It could be any weekday evening. What's important is, is regularly gathering together with other Christian believers. To worship God together. To study His together. To let the fire of His Holy Spirit work in, through, and for us. Move us. Change us. And then change the world around us. Why we come together. Why we gather Church is not for the unsaved. Church is for Christians. This is where we come to get built up and equipped to then go out to the unsaved. Now, you can bring the unsaved here, absolutely, but it's not designed for them. Never was. Bottom line, God wants you in church. God wants you in church. He wants you to go to church. He wants us to meet with others in his name. As we meet with him, we are commanded to meet together. Acts 2, 42 through 47 has a perfect demonstration of the what and the why, the fellowship of believers. So let's read this passage together, and then we'll break it down and, and see why. So join with me, Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now there's a lot to digest in that chunk of scripture, so we're going to break it down a little bit, almost verse by verse, and then we'll put it all together for the big picture. What we can learn from this passage about meeting with God in the fellowship. The first thing that we see in verses 42 and 43 is that it makes us stronger. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This shows Jesus' followers eating and praying together. Sounds, uh, sounds a lot like a, a typical Sunday uh, uh, after church meal. You know, how many, how many people get together after church on Sundays and spend time with friends? This can be done at any time of the week, not just Sundays. Here it's, it's specifically talking about Sundays, but it can be done anytime. There's something special that happens when you share a meal together, isn't there? 
And there's something special about sharing a meal with somebody. It's simple, yet it builds relationships between believers. Those who eat together tend to make special connections. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do here. It involves praying, eating, talking, loving on each other, sharing about what God is teaching you, discussing that week's sermon or, or Wednesday night Bible study. Hey, you know, we were at church on Sunday. You heard what pastor said. That got me thinking. I noticed that in my life. That part really spoke to me. That part really convicted me. I need to work on that. What did it teach you about God, yourself, others? That's part of, that's part of why we do the, 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 the fellowship in the gathering place afterwards. It's why we have snacks. It's not just because I like sweets. I do. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much. But that's, not, but that's not the only reason. Right? It's about us to have time to spend together. So, so you're not just walking in, sitting down in your chair, shaking my hand, hey, nice to see you, everything good? Yep, everything's good. And then after church, you get up and you walk out the door. That's it. No real relationship built beyond that. No, stay. Stay a while. Grab a cup of coffee. Glass of cold water. Eat, eat some some, some, some muffins or some cookies or some sweet snack. We sit, we talk, fellowship with one another. How was your week? Hey, how is how's, how's so-and-so doing? Hey, I was praying for you on that. How's that going? Oh, you should have been at the ladies' conference. We had a blast. I went to this one breakout session. Oh, it was great. Fellowship. It's what it's about. True fellowship that builds authentic relationships. Verse 43, and came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Now this one can be a little bit trickier, if only if we let it be. Back in the Bible times, uh, miracles were be, being performed by Jesus' apostles. And that doesn't happen nearly as much in the present time. Not that it can't, but it's not as common. But sometimes we do see things happen that are clearly God's hands. You look at it and you go, 100%, no question, that was God. Take Justin, Corey Maynard's, Sarah's brother-in-law. Just a few weeks ago, laying there, unresponsive, coma. No clear reason why. What's going on? We don't know. Looked like he might not even make it through the night. And now, he's awake. He's communicating. He's walking with the help of a walker. Praise God. Amen. Praise God, right? From death's door. He's taking the trach out. He's walking around. That's God's hands. No question. It's amazing to see God's work, God work. We, when we see something happen like that, that we know there's no question, God did that. God did that. 
we share that with each other. Awe that comes upon us. God came down from heaven. His hand touched somebody that I love in a profound way. It's amazing to see God do that in your life, in the life of those that you care about. Whether he chooses to perform a miracle or not is, is not, the, not even the point. We're still able to be in awe of God, what God has done in each of our lives, even if it's not something that dramatic. While, while eating dinner together, we can share our stories and our testimonies of what God has done in our lives. We can be amazed at God and all that he has done in our lives personally, what he has brought us through, what he has helped us out of. How he has helped us break addiction, break bondage of sin, to see a loved one return. All these things that God does in our lives that we can talk about as we spend time together over a meal, spending time together. How are you doing with this? How are you doing with that? Oh, remember that thing I told you about that I was struggling with? Never believe what God did. Answer that prayer. That thing that we've been praying for. God supplied the answer I needed. How many of you have had financial difficulty? I don't even know how we're going to pay this week's rent. And then somehow, a check just shows up. Hmm? Testify. I've done it. I've had it happen. You can be amazed at how God is working in and through each other. How he's given us opportunities to reach those that are lost and hurting. Like Sarah has had opportunity with her brother-in-law sitting up there at night, reading Bible verses to him, playing Christian music, talking to him about what God has done in her life and what he can, he can do in his God is good. He is working in and through each of us. Sharing these things helps bring us even closer to each other. It helps encourage one another. It strengthens our faith. We're able to rejoice and praise God with each other. We're going to have opportunity to do that come uh, Wednesday, February 7th. Put that on your calendar. We're going to have praise and testimony night. Come to that. Be encouraged as you hear what God is doing in the lives of those that are sitting right around you. Faith is made stronger. We are made stronger together. Don't miss out on an opportunity to be built up this way. If you really want to meet with God, think about Matthew 18. When we gather together, we are guaranteed God's presence among us. Jesus tells us in Matthew 18... Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. You want to feel God's presence? Gather together in his name. He is here among us. 
One of my all-time favorite scriptures is Philippians 4.13, probably many, you know, love that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Combine, combine God's power with our willingness, then add a few other people that have the same heart, the same desire. Shazam, kapow, look what could happen when we release the power of God amongst ourselves. Amazing things can happen. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 points out, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We are stronger together. There's a reason we're told not to forsake the assembly. We are stronger together. Verse 44 and 46 reminds us that we're not alone either. Verse 44 through 45, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. No, am I saying that we, we need to sell everything? No, it's a little too literal. There's some context that we need to think about in that passage there. That time, being a, being a Christian, to become a Christian may very well mean that you had to leave everything behind. Jesus said that they had to pick up their cross and follow him. To become a Christian back then may have meant being thrown out, thrown out of your family, disowned, thrown out of your home, your job, your community. The temple is where everything happens. That's where everything happens. And to become a Christian, to become what they considered an apostate outside of, of, of the Jewish religion, you were, you were to be shunned. Think about some areas of the world even today that that's the case. They have to meet in secret homes, special knocks, get in the door. Because to be a Christian there could cost you everything. Many of them had to live together because there was no home to go back to once they came to Christ. We may face a lot of pressures, especially nowadays, but, but not like them. We aren't being forced to leave our homes and begin living in communes. We may not have to sell everything in order to support each other. However, as Christians, we are called to look after one another. We are called to look out for one another. God puts us in a fellowship, a body together to help one another. Helping someone who maybe needs just a little bit of help to pay this month's rent. Helping out with some groceries to, to, as they are feeling the effects of, of inflation. Lending them, 
lending, lending them that extra car that's just sitting in the driveway because theirs is broken down. They can't afford to get it fixed right now. The parts are on back order, and they need to get to work. They need to get the kids to, to school or to the doctor. They've got a car just sitting there. The Lord may have blessed you with an abundance for that very reason. He may be supplying their need through you. You ha may have the very thing that they are in desperate need of. How are you going to know that? Unless you're in fellowship with one another. Are they going to share their vulnerability with you if you're not in fellowship with them? Probably not. Are you going to be willing to give what you have to somebody that needs it if you're not in fellowship with them? Probably not. Be focused on yourself. Now, it may not just be financial either. It may mean devoting time to a to a fellow Christian who needs some help? What kind of skills do you have that could help someone else? Are you handy with tools? Who needs something fixed? Really good at organization? Well, how can you help somebody? Are you a talented musician? Teach somebody else. Have the gift of gab? Like to talk? Hmm? How about you spend some time with someone who's lonely? What talent do you have that you can help someone with? 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul compares our, our relationship to a body. Christ is the head and, and we are his body. People are, are unique. We all have different gifts, different skills. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other. Together we make the whole unit work together. It's a support system. Everything connects and lifts the body up. What would your arm be like if it didn't have an elbow? Elbow doesn't seem very important unless you need to bend it, right? Every part is important. We depend on one another. We need each other. Jesus wants to be, us to be united. We have the same calling, the same purpose. There are things that, that, that you can do that I cannot do. Vice versa. He has put us together in a family for a reason. God gave us the blessing we have for a purpose. That gift that you have, that talent you have, not for you, for the body, to be used by God. Being greedy with that can wreck relationships and destroy testimonies. Living in a servant-minded way like Jesus did is, is humbling and it's fulfilling. It's a way of life that allows us to point others to Christ. Jesus held nothing back. He gave all. He gave everything that he had. So should we. That's what's being displayed in this verse. We are not alone. We are in a body to share all that we have with each other. 
It allows us to see people who are hurting, struggling up close. To remind us that, the we, that there's a world out there that is hurting and lost. When we meet with God, as we meet with each other, he can move us to reach outside of ourselves. Forget about our own wants and our own desires. We begin to recognize the needs of others. Look, see that there's a whole world that needs to know the gospel. The world out there that's going to hell. They will spend eternity in hell. Eternal damnation. It's a real thing. We need to see them. Recognize there's a world outside of us. I said we have a fellowship. We gather together. The church is not for non-believers. It's for, it's for Christians, for us to come in to be equipped, to be trained, so that we can go out into the world. It gives us opportunity for God to move us into the work that he has for each of us. We are made to be in community with others and not to be alone for another reason. Why? 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What does a lion do when he's seeking someone to devour? You ever watched the Discovery Channel, the Nature Channel? What do they do? Do they go after the herd? No. He looks for the prey that is in isolation. The one that's over there by themselves. Head down. Munching away. Mmm, this is good grass. Oh, I like this. Oh, look at some over there. I like that too. Everyone else is over there. You've wandered away. Oh, look at that. Rabbit, squirrel. Next thing you know, you're, you're all alone. I don't need them anyway. I read my Bible myself. I can pray by myself. I don't need to go to church. The devil is sitting there going, ah, that's right. Yeah, a little bit farther. Come on, come on. Right there. Gotcha. We need each other. We're not meant to be alone. For our own protection. Verse 46. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Notice that it doesn't say once a week or on Sunday. It says every day. It means that these friendships should be, shouldn't be just at church friendships. We're not to just do this at church, but every day. We're to make these relationships our main relationships. Meeting several times during the week and doing life together. That's how true friendships and true, and, and true communities are formed. When we spend our days together, every day, not just Sunday, Every day, living life together. 
Here's the thing. We are going to spend eternity together, so you better get used to one another. Think about that. Meeting God in fellowship with other believers reminds us that we're not alone and it helps us to grow. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Having the blessing of community should make us praise God. We should rejoice in the family, family of believers that he has made us a part of. I rejoice over each and every one of you. I am so glad that God sent you here to Faith Chapel, that you are part of this body. Praise God for that. To make us stronger. We're not alone. We live life together. We're able to come alongside one another. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. As we bear one another's burdens, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. As we are, are living life with one another, as we are looking outside of ourselves and looking to, to the life of somebody else who is going through struggles, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. We're demonstrating the same heart as Jesus. Caring for others outside yourself, even the, the least of these, even those that the world may, may look down upon. That both helps us to grow, but it's also evidence that we are growing as we do that. Meeting with each other gives us opportunity to, to, to challenge one another, to hold one another accountable. As those relationships become closer and, and more authentic, we're able to cut through some of the junk and, and just say it how it is. Hey, you can, you can try all that Christianese on somebody else, but you're not fooling me. I see what you're doing. Knock it off. Cut it out. Get back in line, brother. You know better. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Sometimes that's a little messy. Have you ever seen iron sharpened? Have you ever seen Iron Sharpened? Anybody ever watched that TV show? I don't know if it's still on, but it was on for quite a while. Forged in Fire. Yeah, we used to love that show. They would bring in these blacksmiths who would make all these different edged weapons, you know. Start with a hunk of steel. Have to put the alloys together and all that stuff. It's often a brutal process to watch that being made. The steel is, is made of, of different alloys, each with beneficial properties. The metal has to be melded, joined together. How do they do that? Heat, pressure. It has to be heat treated so that it's durable, so that it won't break under pressure. To get the rough outline of that blade that's to start grinding out, grinding away at that blunt steel, slowly stripping away the layers and the deformities and the metal, grind out the blemishes, weld cracks, straighten out any bends that are in the blade. Then an edge slowly begins to form 
keep going, honing it more and more and more. The edge eventually becomes sharp, useful for its intended purpose. Then you begin to polish it, which protects the iron and it also adds beauty. At the end, these knives are handed over to the judge, who then puts it through a series of tests, trials, verified that it's ready. It'll do what it was intended and designed to do. Those that pass the test on the TV show get a a check for $10,000. We, we will hear Well done, good, faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. God uses each of us, the lives of each other, to sharpen us for use, to be used for the good works that he has prepared in advance, that we should walk in them. Men, talking to you this morning, there is an event coming up For young men, move. Men of valor and excellence. Training up the next godly generation. How can you help? How can you help train up that next generation? What can you do? What can you contribute to that day? Come see me. I'll put you to work. There are young men that need mentors. We hear warnings all the time about the company that we keep. The Greek philosopher Epictetus said, the key is to keep company only with people who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. President Woodrow Wilson put it this way, your enlightenment enlightenment depends on the company you keep. My dad would always say, you are who you hang out with. No question, we're highly influenced by the people that are around us the most. That could be good, that could be bad. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. But when we're surrounded, when we surround ourselves with people who value Jesus and try to to live their lives in alignment with, with him, we are better. They hold us accountable. We do the same for them. They encourage us and they mildly guide behavior to us. They help us to do more for God's kingdom on earth. When we combine our talents with, to, to, for God's glory, so much can result. When we work together, imagine what could be accomplished. Hebrews 10, 24-25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All the more as you see the day drawing near. It's drawing near. It's drawing near. Christ will return at any moment. There's nothing left to be undone. There's nothing that is undone. There's nothing left to be done. The only thing keeping him from coming back is God's patience and mercy. We suffer that none should perish. All would come to repentance. 
waiting the very last moment for the very last one that will turn to him. Faith. That's it. And one day he's going to say, that's it. We're done. Go back, Jesus. There's going to be no second chances. Those don't know Christ. They're going to be lost forever. 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 For eternity. Eternal damnation. All the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to be, we need to come together. We need to meet together. We meet with him so we can be built up and equipped and strengthened so that we can go out into the world. We need to get busy. Christians were called to live in a community of fellow believers, eating together, sharing our testimonies. Again, mark your calendar. Wednesday, February 7th, 7 o'clock. Praising God, spending time with each other, helping each other out, inviting others to join in. Look at your bulletins. Do you see all the events that are on there that are scheduled that we keep on there? You know, I, I, get, I get comments from, from other people who visit about the number of events that we have. Wow, you guys have a lot of stuff going on. Wild game dinner coming out, the men of valor and excellence. Testimony night, ladies movie night. Why? Why do we do that? Is it because I'm bored? And I have nothing else to do? <laughs> I promise you it's not that. No, because that's what fellowship of believers looks like. We grow, and others grow, and the church grows, and, and God's kingdom grows. All glorious things. So the next time you're having a bad morning, or you're sleepy, or you just don't, don't let that stop you from doing what God is, tells us is best for you. What's best for others. When you're not here, your brothers, your sisters miss you. They need you. It's a wonderful way that he has provided so that we can meet with him. Prioritize gathering with other Christians. Do not forsake the assembly. We have opportunity to meet with God in the fellowship as we, as we spend time together in his words. Spur one another on toward wisdom understanding. Those that are more spiritual, you, you are to, to explain it to the others. As we become authentic and live life with one another, we share our cares, our concerns, our burdens with each other. We're able to encourage one another. We have an opportunity to go to the Lord in prayer for one another. Share the amazing things that we've experienced God do in our lives. We live a life of community where we're challenged to live a life in the Spirit. We begin to think less of ourselves and, and this life. We become more focused on others and the eternity to come. And then to move them towards Christ. Would you like to see our fellowship grow? Would you like to see our fellowship grow? Amen? Then meet with each other. 
as we meet with God together in his word, in prayer, in the spirit, and then meet with others. He sends them through the door, meet them where they are, and then move them toward Christ. Meet people out in the world who desperately need to know the truth. Meet them where they are. Share the the truth of the gospel, what God has done in your life. Invite them to come so they can be part of the family, the fellowship here. There's a whole world out there that needs to know Christ. Meet them where they are. Move them. Help move them. Invite them. We have cards. I don't know if anybody's noticed them. And I haven't pushed anything on it yet. Waiting for today. We have cards where my, where my cards are normally at. They look like a business card. Got the church information on the, on the one side, and on the back it says, you're invited to Faith Chapel. We would love to have you come to a worship service. You don't even have to talk. You have no excuse. You don't even have to say a word. all you got to do. It's all you got to do. Meet people where they are. Help move them toward Christ. Help make them a part of the family of God. Aren't you glad that you are? Amen? Amen? Decide to meet and move and live in fellowship this year. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for the fellowship of believers that you have created us to live in fellowship with one another, to live the family with other believers. Father, I thank you for each and every one that you have placed here, that you have brought here for whatever purpose. And I've heard people say, I don't know why I'm here. I just feel this is where God sent me to be. I know why. It's because this is where you meant them to be. So that they could be used in the body to sharpen somebody else, to encourage one another, to be built up themselves. As iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. Father, you have brought us together as a family of believers to equip us to mold us, to shape us, to make us useful instruments for your kingdom, to then go out into the world, be used by you. Father, I pray that you would help us as a body here to be in fellowship with one another, to move beyond the the simple or the surface. We We would grow intimate and deep in our relationship with one another and that in turn would help us to to draw each other closer to you and move each other toward maturity. Father, that you would help us, equip us to then go out into the world and to meet others where they are and to move them to Christ, to bring them into the family of God. Father, we pray that you 
would enable us to do this by the power of the Holy Spirit working in, through, and for us for your glory. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.